in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I believe. Uh, so that's kind of our track today with Scripture. And uh, I'm going to sit out front and mess with you today. Mm. If you need to get up and stretch and jump up and down, whatever, I'm good. Go stand at the back, whatever you need to do. Um, you got to hear all that good stuff, and now you get me. Every now and then I get long-winded. Sorry. Just kidding. No, I'm not. All right. Are you all ready? We're talking about Jesus today. It's good stuff. All right? You guys are good? All right, let's, uh, let's uh, pray. God, thanks again for being here. Thanks for all the things that have happened, the words that have been spoken, the songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been lifted up, God, that just partaking of communion together as the body. Lord, it is about Jesus. And, and God, that's what we always want to make it about and keep it there. And, and just thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. As we journey down this road together, I pray that our understanding and love and knowledge and all those things about Jesus just deepens. Our relationship deepens, God, and that, that, that deepening, that maturing just has an effect on all those around us, God. And, uh, you know, I, that's something I think we need to be intentional about. And, uh, God, so just help us to do that. Help us to, to do our part in, in our relationship. And uh, we thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so I wanted to, uh, I, I, so Shay and I do photography together. I, I know a lot of you know that. Uh, and I get one job. You know, I, I, I go there the whole day and I just get to kind of mess around and, and do my thing. But Shay gives me one job and don't mess it up. You know, she gives me that, that thing. And uh, so as I'm standing there and uh, for my one job, uh, it's at a critical moment. And if you miss it, you don't get it back. You don't get it back. This isn't a photo shoot where someone's posing. It's like, oh, you, your, your smile wasn't right. No, no, no. My job is to capture the groom's face when he sees the bride for the first time. What is Shay thinking? <laughs> I'm like, What? And I remember when we started this journey, she told me that. I was like, I don't want that job. Like, no. Um, but she gave it to me anyway. And over the years, I got to tell you, it's been, uh, I mean, my eye is glued to the, to the point that it's hurting because I never want to miss that moment. And I am zoomed in. And I watch their eyes tear up. I watch the lips quiver. And I can see it all. And I, I see the guys who, who fight it back, you know, and they're trying to be the guy in the moment. They never make it. Never. Some people wait to the ceremony. Some people do a first look, but it's always the same. It just commands a response, right? It just does. It, you just can't help it. I mean, every, every guy, I mean, everybody's different, right? But it doesn't matter. Every, I just can't think. I was really trying to process through. I actually can't think of one wedding. I was zoomed in on that guy's face, taking that picture, and there wasn't some kind of reaction. This anticipation, this buildup. You know, I, I, get, I get to spend a lot of time with the guys beforehand and just, 
I'm nervous. I'm calm now. I'm nervous. I'm calm now. I'm not, you know, just back and forth, back and forth. We're all smiling real big because we've seen it. Maybe some of us experienced it. You know, it always, it always just makes me think, you know, about the nation of Israel and the Jewish people at the coming of the Messiah. The anticip- this anticipation, this buildup, and for some of them, the buildup is still going on because they don't believe, some of them, that Jesus was him. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm, tell- I'm here to tell you, Jesus is the king. He's the good news, you know. Uh, he's the embodiment of the good news. And the good news of Jesus, uh, it's his story. It's the story of Israel, and he's this central figure. He is the Messiah. And we're just going to break that down a little bit today. Um, remember, I, I shared uh, the last couple of weeks, and I'll continue to share this phrase, the gospel we believe is the gospel we live. And I've, I've thought that my whole life about everything. What you really believe is what gets played out out there. You can lie to me all you want. You can put on the face and the clothes, and you can do the song and dance. But at the end of the day, when you close your eyes at night, you know the truth. You know that you're living out your belief system every day and how you speak and how you act and what's important to you, you will never fool him. Ever. And the crazy thing, the crazy thing that breaks my heart that I'm learning more and more is that the more we come to a place to understand that with our brothers and sisters, at least it's, it's how it should be, the more transparent and vulnerable and honest I am about the, the, you know what, I'm not, I'm not who I'm pretending to be right now. Like the, the crazy thing is the closer it draws us together and ultimately it leads us to this place. We throw this word freedom around a lot because we live in America and we love our freedom, thank God, and I'm so thankful for it. But freedom in Christ is a whole nother level, folks. It's a whole nother level of freedom. It's a freedom where you don't have to hide in your darkness and your sin any longer. It doesn't mean we don't deal with it. And it doesn't mean like, <laughs> I'm sinning. No, man. That's why, that's why Jesus did all that he could do so he could enter inside of us. Man, Brian was sharing some of the scriptures. Come and dwell inside of us to transform us. So we're not left in our sin, right? I'm shaking. You were never meant to be like that. That's the whole thing. I mean, that's why God had to become flesh and, and uh, oh my goodness, and, and, and take on what it was like to be fully human and go to the cross and die and resurrect, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord and resurrect. So the gospel, the good news. I want to read in Daniel 7, and then I'm going to read in Revelation 5. I'm going to be trucking a little bit, so if, if, you, uh, if you miss something, again, if you really want my notes, I can, I can email them to you in about two seconds. You'll have to text me four or five times this week to remind me to do it. But, uh, but I, can, I can do that in a hurry, and uh, you can always go back and watch. We're recording this and get it. But Daniel 7, uh, 13 uh, through 14, it says, I, so this is Daniel, and he's having this dream, this vision. And uh, he says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a, a son of man. He came to the ancient of days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples Nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one 
that shall not be destroyed. Amen? That's King Jesus. And if you read that, I mean, who knows what you would walk away in your perception of that and, and have this idea. And again, the Jews had the same thing. They got this thing up in their head that this is what was going to happen. And then when it didn't meet their, their expectation or how they thought it was supposed to happen, they, they just, some of them have believed that he has never come. And all the while, Jesus was in front of them. Hey, I'm here. It's me. Revelation 5, 1 through 9 Man, I love, I love this passage of Scripture, man. I don't know how like imaginative you guys are. I know as I've gotten older, my imagination has, has died down a little bit. But then Caden came along, and imagination back uh, in our house. Holy cow, that kid, uh, he will two, two, three hours, all you want, of uh, just, woo, some pretty detailed, I mean, it's amazing detail. And you're like, how do you come up with this stuff? And uh, it's amazing. And I, we try our best to listen, and whew, it's tough sometimes. But there's this thing going on. So just, man, if you can, like, use your imagination juices and, like, uh, just connect in this place. Revelation 5, 1 through 9. It says, Then I saw on the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written, and on the back sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? The angel probably sounded cooler than I just said it. But still, loud, booming voice. And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep, loudly even, because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the, and the four uh, living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures oh, and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, worthy, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain. And by your blood, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Mm. Amen. Oh, what a, what a man, what a vision uh, John got to see. So clearly Jesus is powerful and he, and he, and he has this, this tone throughout history and through the scriptures that we see. And so, you know, it begs the question, you know, could this little baby from Nazareth really be him, right? This little squishy, giggly, I mean, that's what babies are, right? They got the, you know, they're just cute. And that's how God chose to enter his creation. Unbelievable but true. This little baby, Jesus of Nazareth, this mysterious figure that's going to one day open the scrolls, man. That's the king. That's the king. So what does the world say about Jesus? You know, I've I've been around a time or two around the globe, literally, and uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about things, and I've heard people get in discussions about Jesus. So these, I've heard these things said from people. So I know they're true because they've been in conversations with me. I've heard 
People who don't want to believe in Jesus call him a good man, right? Man, Jesus is good. Like, he's a good guy. Yeah, fist bump Jesus. Good dude, you know, he's my fishing buddy. I've heard him called a prophet. Good teacher. The people in Jesus' time thought he was crazy, man. Some people called him a drunk, a glutton, all kinds of stuff. Just a teacher, a carpenter. Some people thought he was John the Baptist reincarnated. All kinds of thoughts. And at the time in the Christ and in our world today, people will call him anything, but do not call him God. You want to get in a fight with somebody about religious stuff, start calling Jesus God. And that is the, he is this central figure that changes everything. And that's why it gets uncomfortable real quick. And it's what really separates us, honestly, when you get down into the nuts and bolts of things from a lot of other beliefs is this central figure of Jesus Christ who became man, who claimed to be God. It's a pretty bold claim. But he made it. I'm going to read a a quote out of uh, Mere Christianity from C.S. Lewis. You may have heard this before. You may have read that book. Um, It says, I am trying here, this is from him, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, Jesus. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with a man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can, shut, you can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come, let, let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. I remember hearing that in, in Bible college. Um, they kind of shorten it down to a little phrase that he was either a liar or a lunatic or he's the Lord and how there's not really much else choice. And that's the thing. You know, I've heard people talk about Jesus and I've said this so many times. We create our own version of him because we take a few scriptures and and then we elevate Jesus to meet our lifestyle instead of letting Jesus transform us uh, into his likeness. And so we create this version of Jesus and we don't take the entirety of scripture to understand who he really is. Jesus is our king. Um, In Matthew uh, 16, uh, you know, uh, Jesus is interacting with Peter, and I I got the whole chunk of of scripture there, but, uh, you know, ultimately he says, but Peter, who do you say that I am? And what a pinnacle moment right here, because things change for Jesus's ministry right here, right here. He says, you are the Christ, the Son of a living God. And Jesus goes on to tell him like, hey, God gave that to you. God gave that to you. And then he started having dialogue with his guys about what was coming. And they didn't like it. They didn't like where this train was heading now a little bit. And things got, got, got to start to be uncomfortable because again, they had this idea of who Jesus was and Jesus is changing the script on them just a little bit. And he began to talk about his death, how he was going to be giving himself up for everyone. 
And these guys have come to love Jesus. And maybe just a little bit like us, they wanted him to like kick the Romans' tail, you know? <laughs> yeah, we're going to win this fight. We got Jesus. And I think little did they realize he was about to ask them the same thing he asked us. Pick up your cross, boys and girls, and let's go. Pick up your cross and let's go. He is the Messiah, and this was his turning point. Uh, the apostle, you know, we talked about last week, John said the word became flesh, and, and the, word, the, the word dwelt among us, and how that was the plan from the very beginning. Uh, in John 1, 34, John the Baptist said, And I have seen and borne witness uh, that this is the Son of God. And so, uh, you know, there were all these witnesses, all these things, but what did Jesus say about himself, Right? So Jesus was on the scene, and so other people were talking about Jesus and who he was. Um, and again, I'm, I'm going to truck through some of these a little fast, so apologize if, if, I, if I move too fast. But in John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the only way. That's it. There's not option B. And that, that doesn't set well with some people. And all I know to do is say, sorry. I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not in charge. God is, and he's had a plan from the beginning. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we have to go through him. And it's, it's all, a, I mean, it's all in him. All of this is in him. Mark 2.10 says, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic. And we know Jesus has been healing people, but again, he took it to another level when, when he started saying, hey, your sins are forgiven. Kind of wigged people out, man. They were like, who is this? So what did the son of man, that whole idea, you know, what are we talking about? Well, that's his, I mean, that was his nature. He, he became, God became flesh and he is man. He is flesh. Uh, the whole thing of Christmas. I mean, that's why we celebrate Christmas because they have a little baby born and, and, uh, and the baby's flesh. And Jesus talks about things like foxes have holes and birds have nests and the son of man has no place to lay his head. And it's also his function. Uh, he tells in Luke that he came to seek and to save the lost. You know, uh, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He came to set the captives free. Uh, reminds us of the story of Moses, right, delivering the Egyptians. But Jesus is about to do something Moses could never do. He's not just delivering us out of somebody's country. He's delivering us out of hell for our sin. And he had to die, and he had to resurrect and bring eternal life. And he did. He did. He also came uh, to, to establish his church, to, to make disciples, to carry on the torch, to pass the legacy, right? John 7, 4 says, No one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. This is it, folks. You and I, we're supposed to be showing Jesus to the world. How are we doing? How are we doing? It's always been God's plan. The garden, the cross, Jesus' destiny. He's going to open the scrolls. And crowns are going to be thrown down and people are going to bow. 
and songs are going to be sung, and oh, glorious day. Oh, glorious day. This is my last scripture, and then I'm going to wrap up. Matthew 26, 36 through 44. Matthew 26, 36 through 44. It says, Then Jesus went with them to a place, place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And as he came to the disciples and found them sleeping, that's what we've been done to, and he said to Peter, so, could, so you could not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. His destiny was to consume the cup, to establish the covenant for mankind that he could save all of us. He didn't just die, he rose. And the resurrection changes everything, right? That's it, man. The resurrection changes everything. I'm going to wrap this thing up. And uh, if, if y'all don't mind, we're going to change up the end of the service. Ellen, would you mind singing our, she's going to do our last song, our invitation song. And uh, uh, as, as we just, I, I'm, like, I'm going to finish this way for the next little while as we dig in through the gospel. I'm going to read the gospel definition that I've been using. And then I'm going to talk about Jesus' part, our part, and our response, okay? So just please listen. The, the kingdom of God, this is the gospel. The kingdom of God has come through Jesus of Nazareth to restore relationship with mankind. He is the Christ, the King, God's one and only Son. He died on the cross for our sins, was buried, and was resurrected on the third day, according to the scriptures. In his great love and his amazing grace, God our Father saves everyone who, re, who believes, repents of him, and follows Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. When King Jesus returns on the last day for his church, all who have been restored and followed him will enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus' part is that he came and was the king and he fulfilled the prophecies and his kingdom is here and that he died and paid for our sins and that he resurrected and he's done his part. And our part is, is this the Jesus we believe in? Have we repented and how we followed. And we do that by, by making a, our, our public proclamation. And we, you know, we say that this stuff has happened. And we baptize. We talk about baptism being buried with Christ and immersion and raised anew for the forgiveness of the sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and this new creation thing starts happening and we're transformed. The gospel we believe is the gospel we live. Or if you want to make it real personal, you can say the gospel I believe is the gospel I live. What you believe about King Jesus, the Son of Man, will dictate your life. It'll change everything, just like he changed history and all the future of everyone. He changed everything. So as we close, um, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to have a song, an invitation. The gospel demands a response. They responded in Jesus' time as well. 
And I, I, I believe some of our responses are, hey, maybe I've never believed or repented or, or said I'm going to follow. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And it's that first step of, of saying, hey, you know, I hear what you're saying, man, and God's been working on my heart, and I believe, and I want to repent, and I want to be baptized. We want to invite you to do that this morning. Maybe you've taken those steps, and you just kind of like, kind of come to a grinding halt maybe, or a place of boredom even, as I describe it sometimes. We've fallen asleep at the wheel a little bit. Maybe your step is, you need to start sharing this good news, man. When's the last time, if ever, you actually shared the gospel with a non-believer? We need to think about that for a second. When's the last time we actually shared this with someone? This great news, this cure for our eternal... When's the last time? Or maybe you're in a place where that's going on, but man, there's still this level of like, hey, I'm just... I'm not, where I, you know, I'm not where I need to be. I hear that said a lot. And we just need to commit to keep growing in our spiritual disciplines. We need to mature in Christ as it talks about. Maybe that's the response you need to have for the gospel today. Whatever it is, or if it's something different than what I said, I, you know, God's prompting you, and I want you to be obedient to him and what he has for you. If you need prayer this morning or anything like that, we're going we're gonna to sing this closing song. And I just want to encourage you to just sit and listen and let the Lord work in you. And if you need to come forward and share or pray, or like I said, uh, we got a room of people that will pray with you. I'll pray with you. Whatever we need to do. All right, let's, let's pray. God, thanks. Uh, just have your way with your people, Lord. I thank you for this morning, God. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you for everything that you have done. And I can't wait to see the day you open the scrolls. Oh, what an awesome moment when you are glorified and worshiped. I, I just think how far... From, from people spitting on you and cussing at you and, and slandering you. And then, oh, we're all in the great assembly bowing down before the Lamb. God, I pray that we don't miss it. God, I pray that we don't substitute anything. But that we are surrendered to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we follow. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.